Welcome to the Trash Talk Podcast. And look, 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 ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of the Trash Talk Podcast. Um, <laughs> as always, I'm Reed. Oh my Dick, gosh. And accompanied by. If you can't tell, Reed's a little nervous about this episode. Actually, we're accompanied by. I'm accompanied by three other individuals. More on that here in a second. Yes, but sir. first and foremost, I'm going to kick it over to Jacob to introduce his friend that he brought over to the podcast today. <laughs> Listen and listen closely. Four-time state champion. High school team asked him to stay another year. He said, legally, I can't play. Went on to Division One to, to be redshirted his freshman year. Sophomore year, D1 athlete of the year. You guys remember, I don't know, Derrick Henry? He's basically the Derrick Henry of golf. Uh, so, yeah, he's a heavy hitter. Um, you know Tiger Woods? Basically, he's Tiger Woods' son. Reagan Brown, also known as Rogie Brown, also known as Poopy Whoopy, my BNB, <laughs> Reagan Brown, welcome to the party. Hey, Woo! thanks for having me, fellas. I don't think uh, I don't think any of those accolades are true, but if you want to go look them up on Google, have at it. <laughs> no, they're said, true. Yeah, he just said Google me, which is a great yeah, Google me. Is that's a I great mean. response. That's the best. Are you one saying because your accolades are more than that, or that they're less? Oh, yeah, oh. I'm. I'm tr- what I'm trying to say is uh, Jacob just undersold me a bit. So go look me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Um, go look him up, Joey. Um, <laughs> all the, Rogie, all the- where do we, Rogie, Where do we even start? Break down some master talk with us. Who'd you like? Who'd you not like? Who is goofy? Who had the best celebration? Just go ahead and give it to us. Overall, I think uh, one to 10 on the master scale of all time. This was probably like a, this was probably like a six for me. Just not a whole lot. Wait, like um, golf score. So like, is that a, <laughs> it was like a, like a six pretty good or... single round scores. This was like a 75. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, so it wasn't that great, but it was <laughs> terrible. There were um, there were people that I would have liked to see uh, win more than Matsuyama, but he always hangs around, and uh, props to him. Congrats to Japan on the win. Yeah. First first Japanese player to ever win a major, not just the Masters of Major. Oh, wow. So, awesome moment. And they're going to Japan, Japan for the uh, Olympics, 36 holes. He could do it again, but yeah, Rogi, did you see the guy's um, hip celebration? No, I didn't. Who was it? Um, I'm going blank on his name. I thought it was the young guy, but after he sunk a putt, he kind of did uh, this thrusting movement with his the, hips. The suck it. something like this. <laughs> For those okay, so a little provocative. Suck it, yeah. No, I, I didn't see that, but I'll say that I don't think there's any place for that in the game of golf. Uh, yes, except sir. For the only person allowed to do that uh, would be my good friend, Bill Ramage. He's a professional. <laughs> yeah, he knows what he's doing. So Is Bill Ramage equivalent to Happy Gilmore? Style's the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say they're, they're, they're pretty similar. Happy's probably a little more uh, well-behaved on the golf course, but um, – <laughs> But Bill Ramage and Happy are very similar. <laughs> that's 
little detail on Bill Ramage there. Yeah, um, anyway, shout out Bill so, Ramage. So, shout out Bill Ramage. Talking about the golf tournament. Um, as far as – so, Sunday, yeah, I think we all agree. It wasn't the greatest Sunday ever. Uh, what are your thoughts Thursday through Saturday? Some great rounds in there. Of course, Justin Rose had the awesome 65 on um, Thursday. Um, Spieth kind of showing some great form again. Shoffley, another top finish there. Um, just some great rounds Thursday to Saturday. What did you like Thursday to Saturday? Who stuck out to you? Uh, any surprise, guys? Just a lot of questions in there, but just kind of take a yeah. while at time. I mean, Thursday through Saturday, I thought it shaped up to be pretty nice. I thought Sunday was going to be a whole lot more exciting than it was, but then when Matsuyama went off yesterday in the late half of the day on the back nine, uh, it kind of looked like it was in his hands. Uh, but as far as guys that surprised me that I was I was happy with – I mean, I got a special place in my heart for Zalatoris. Uh, he's a Dallas kid, you know. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Spieth in the way he's he's he plays and um, and conducts himself. He does really well in interviews. I think uh, I think Zalatoris is going to be around for a while. I've got a uh, not much. Hey, of you know history. what high school he went to? Sorry yeah, to yeah, interrupt. yeah. That's what I was getting into. Uh, okay, got a okay, little, okay. little bit keep of a going, history. Uh, never played, you know, with him or, or in the same deal as him in the same tournament, but, uh, he went to Trinity Christian Addison, which was, uh, they were a school in our district in late high school for me. Um, but anyways, he's, uh, he's good, man. And he's, he's worked his tail off the last couple of years. I think he's going to end up staying in this thing for a while. Uh, always nice to see Spieth at the top, obviously wish he could have got it done. Um, you know, he just kind of has been, except for last week, the last few weeks, he's just kind of been at the top, uh, you know, not been able to quite get it done. But he's made some mistakes. He didn't play terrible today, uh, but made some mistakes yesterday that I think cost him. But I think he's trending upward, which is exciting for for golf. Um, so with Shoffley, uh, kind of I, I think the big shot of the round, you can disagree with me if you want, big shot of the round to me, Seemed like Shoffley's, Shoffley's dunk on 16, um, you know, if he's able to par that, if he's able to birdie that even, you know, that puts him within one or tied for the he lead. Dunked? He dunked? He dunked, yes. He, um, <laughs> what, so Shoffley, they talked to him afterwards about kind of what, it, what he was looking at there. Um, so if you're in Shoffley's position and you're pulling that eight iron, what shot is he trying to hit there? What's he thinking? How does it end up in the water? Well, I think uh, everyone knows that uh, Sunday pin placement is kind of left half of the green, uh, the green slopes from right to left. So if you can kind of hit this middle tier that slopes right to left, it's coming uh, straight off the hill, going to get close usually. You see a lot of hole-in-ones at that pin position. Um, but I'm guessing he lined up, you know, I'm guessing he was trying to hit a draw in there. I think he normally, I think he normally hits a draw. Uh, and he just tugged it a little bit and, uh, it ended up in the water. <laughs> Very rare to see any, any balls in the water on 16 on Sunday, especially. Um, but he made triple bogey. I would have bet a lot of money. He was not going to make triple bogey on that hole, but, uh, he did. And that's golf. Yeah. That's what I'm getting into for my next question is, um, I'm watching the masters and I'm like, these guys are the best in the world. And you just see a guy hit about. 18 into the water i mean what's is that just a mental thing or are these guys just not prepared or are they really just that bad (laughs) 
no, these guys are really good. Uh, <laughs> these guys are really good. Uh, it's just, I think it's a testament to golf. Golf's just a hard game. Uh, you, you can't be perfect in golf and, you know, bad shots happen. Uh, it's just unfortunate that they happen at big times at some point. So, so let me translate to our followers that don't really know golf that well. You're basically saying hate the game, not the player. Yeah. Yeah. But also uh, don't hate the game. It's a beautiful game. It, it and to be loved. <laughs> I, I know you're a busy guy, so I get it. You can't listen to podcasts every week. But last week we had a huge discussion. If you didn't hear it, hockey versus golf. And we basically said golf's interesting, but it would be a lot more interesting if it took on the aspect of hockey, maybe allowing some fights on the greens, say tigers chirping at um, who's the really big guy. Bryson DeChambeau or Bruce yeah. Kepka. Yeah, just the huge guy that everyone thinks is on steroids. <laughs> Would more people probably view in if they just got in a little, not boxing, but club v. club lightsaber match? How do you think that would help the sport of golf? Yeah, I think I think more people would definitely tune in, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think there would be a lot of uh, a lot of mismatches out there. I don't, you know, I don't think – I don't think Brian Harmon wants to fight Brooks Kepka. I can guarantee you that's not going to go well. Um, <laughs> Zalatoris is not going to be, be fighting Kepka or Tiger. Uh, Tiger could have two broken legs, and I think he'd, he'd still do a number on Zalatoris. So, um, really? You know, I, I think it would be uh, – yeah, you definitely get more viewers. You'd probably pull over some of the hockey viewers, you know, some of the boxing viewers. Um, but, you know, it's, it's golf. And you, you, you just, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll say this, I'll, I'll say this, the, uh, yeah, yes, it, it could be, it could be good ultimately for the game. So let me ask you this question, two questions. Say they made that a rule when you were born, how much longer would it have taken you for you to beat your old man? a round of golf it's you know legend that you beat your dad at age 12 uh could you have beaten him earlier or would that have taken longer if that was a rule in place where your dad could have just fought you on the green anytime uh Take yeah, out so your knees. I, I don't know if you were joking but i did actually i beat my dad for the first time when i was 13 no i, and... I wasn't joking i've done a lot of research on you yeah. so. <laughs> so uh but yeah if you factored in uh the the fighting aspect <laughs> i think it would have taken quite a while it, it would have probably probably like maybe sophomore year of high school i could have maybe figured something out but um maybe probably junior year of high school somewhere i guess i could take him okay I, I, he, um, he would have loved that he would have loved that if we could have done that <laughs> um interesting um next question <laughs> Do you think your golf career would have gone farther if that was a rule? Because some say that you're pretty physical compared to other golf golfers. And um, some say that you would actually probably excel if this was a rule compared to others. I don't know who's saying that, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, uh, yeah, I don't know if I could have turned pro, you know, with those rules, but I think, uh, I would have gone a little further. Maybe been an All-American in college. Definitely. Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. And that's all the questions I have for you, Paul Reed. Uh, yeah, I have a few more on the Masters tournament, if you want to 
talk about that. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> All right. So talking about at the end of the of the uh, broadcast today when Matsuyama wins, um, there's a lot of talk of this is great for the game. This is growing the game. Um, having a Japan winner uh, win the Masters. Uh, do you agree with that? Uh, do you really think it's growing the game a lot or in smaller ways or kind of what does you think this does for the game internationally moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I think it, uh, it's always great to see somebody um, from a country that ha- hadn't had a winner at the masters win, you know? Uh, but I'll, I, I tell people this all the time. I still, every now and then I'll play in like a, like a, a Texas amateur qualifier or something uh, just to, just to mess around and, um the example i give is in 2015 i played in a qualifier in midland that had seven players in it and i'm playing in that same qualifier same course for the same tournament this summer and it's got 63 players in it and so i do think that there's been a huge boom in the last in the last few years i think especially in the last year with covid lots of people are wanting to start to play golf um which I wish they, I wish they would slow, slow that down. Uh, it's hard to get a tee time these days. So just going to throw that in there. Uh, but no, I think it's great. I think uh, the, the game of golf is similar to tennis, similar to, um, you know, some other sports soccer that uh, has become more of a worldwide sport than it used to be. And I think it's ultimately good for the game. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Um, going back to the master's tournament, so two guys that have kind of um, struggled at the Masters. One's improved his position actually every time the other one struggled. Uh, DeChambeau and Justin Thomas. Uh, those two guys, um, are you, who out of those two do you think's winning a Masters first? Uh, and the other one, do you think he'll ever get it? Let's go there. Okay. Um, Justin Thomas, uh, he's got too much swag not to win a Masters. Justin Thomas will win a Masters, mark my words. Uh, he has fantastic golf swing, hits the ball really high and soft. Um, he's too good. He'll, he'll win one. Uh, DeChambeau, I'm not as optimistic about, I don't No swag. He he doesn't, (laughs) some people would probably argue that he's got swag just based on the last year and the stuff he's doing and trying to swing as hard as he can, which is interesting, but, um, no, I don't, I don't think DeChambeau's ever going to win a Masters. I think the last two years have – I mean, he's been kind of playing good golf and uh, he's been in a position to be successful. But I think uh, the pressure has gotten to him, which is probably the biggest part of that. I don't, I don't know that we're going to see him win a Masters. I hope we don't. I don't like him, by the way. Well, and, <laughs> I mean, and how much of it – how much of it is – it just seems like just that approach just doesn't work there. You can bomb it into trouble, whereas in other places you can carry bunkers and you can carry corners, but there carrying a corner doesn't necessarily keep you out of trouble. Uh, you can get into some awkward positions. Uh, I do think part of that is going to be his style of golf. It doesn't work there. It's probably going to work great at like a whistling straights or something like that, um, but I just don't think it works there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's it's – over the last two years, him being, you know, he's played well going into two of the masters and uh, he hasn't played well in either of those masters. So I think it's a testament to Augusta and the golf course. It's not a, 
it's not a power golf course. It's a precision golf course. And if you don't have precision, then you're not going to do well. And he, he didn't. So. And then my last question is going to be with Shoffley. Uh, Xander, I think he's 27. He's, I think, the fifth-ranked golfer in the world right now. Uh, he's come up short in some majors, although he always seems to be around in majors, especially at Augusta. Uh, is he a guy you think gets a major, or is he going to be like Ricky Fowler, where there's a lot of hype, but he just never gets it done? Man, to be honest, I could see it going both ways. I hate to say that. I love both those guys. I love Ricky. love Shoffley. Uh, but I could see it going both ways. I think if I had to choose, uh, right now, I'd say, I think Shoffley would probably win a major. I mean, you look at even today, I mean, he made triple and he lost by three. He just makes par on 16, which is most of the time a birdie hole. Um, he goes into a playoff with Matsuyama and things are a whole lot more interesting, but, um, I, I like his demeanor. I like his attitude. I think, uh, Shoffley's probably top five players on tour for me as far as like how much I, you know, enjoy watching him play and he's got to get out too. I think he'll do well. Uh, Jacob, Paul, y'all got anything? Yeah. Um, Rogi, who, who surprised you in this tournament? And you might've already kind of touched on it, but like, and it can go <laughs> one of two ways. It could go like someone who really surprised you by underperforming or someone who like overperformed and you were like, wow, they played better than I thought. Yeah. I mean, I guess the obvious is Zalatoris. He's 24 years old, has spent the last two years just kind of working his way up on mini tours and stuff really hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't won on tour yet. Uh, you know, but his last two majors, which are his first two majors of his career, uh, he's finished T six and in second. Uh, so I mean, I think uh, it's it's interesting. Golf's interesting uh, in that way. He hasn't really done anything fantastic um, in his early professional career, and then he comes in and you know makes a lot of guys look dumb by you know first time ever stepping foot on the course and goes out and you know is in second place. So I would say Zal Torres. Um, I actually picked him in one of my leagues because I had a feeling, but. He still he still surprised me in that way. I kind of thought after the first couple of days that he would he would fizzle, uh, but he hung in there and um, he gave it a good run. I actually have one more question that I just thought of. So go for it, Reed. Nick Fa- <laughs> Nick Faldo throughout the whole broadcast he kept talking about scar tissue, and he and he said um, watching Zalatoris he's just hitting the ball right at pins and you know take t- playing really aggressive lines. And uh, he's saying, well, he doesn't have any scar tissue here. He doesn't kind of psych himself out. How real is that in a tournament setting on a course that you play a lot? Yeah, I don't care what you say. If you've played a golf course and hit bad shots on specific holes, when you step up in a pressure situation, you're going to think about it. Um, I think that's what separates the good from the great. Spieth, obviously, in 2016, dunked a couple in the water. Um, hasn't, hasn't been, uh, I don't think has been the same since I think he's, he's trending upward, but, um, yeah, I I think that's a real thing. You, you definitely, uh, unless you're a robot, you're going to think about those bad shots that you hit, um, and, and hope that you don't hit them again. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And that, that's it for me, Jacob, 
What do you got for Mr. Rogues before we send him on his Oh, day? I've got plenty more. I could go all day, bro. <laughs> I'm going to get to the more, let's say, technical questions that most of our fans are wanting to get to. Um, you mentioned the word swag earlier. Uh, who's got the most swag on the course that you saw at the Masters? On-field swag, off-field swag, and then on your drip meter, who is dripping the most? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, and who was I mean, dripping the least? Also, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, Deshambo the least. I'll just go ahead and do <laughs> that one. Um, Deshambo has you zero got a, swag. You got a bone to pick with him, bro. It no, that- no, I, I just don't like Deshambo. But uh, I'll, I'll give a real answer. Brian Harmon has the worst fitting pants I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It's unbelievable. He's he gets paid to wear clothes that don't fit him. And I just can't understand why, but uh, Brian Harmon has zero swag and he shot what two over <laughs> today. Um, if Brian Harmon would have won, I probably wouldn't have watched the masters next year. Okay. Before um, you move on, that's, that's Brian Harmon. Oh yeah. bro. That's tough. I need to ask you this before moving on. <laughs> Who has more swag, Brian Harmon or Eli Manning? Ooh. Dude, I'm bro, gonna go ba- Eli Manning. I mean, Eli yeah, Manning's based on that Manning, picture. Manning's got he's won a Super Bowl. Like <laughs> Brian Harmon has not done anything. Brian Harmon doesn't wear pants that fit. Yeah, at least at least Eli Manning's got some football pants that are snug. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Most swag on the course. I mean. <sighs> Like I'm, I'm going off of what I saw today and, and okay. everyone knows that whatever's most recent, just because you had swag, you know, years ago, doesn't mean you're still, you're still with it. Right. Um, so based on what I saw today, I think, I think Matsuyama, I mean, it's easy. That's an easy kind of cop out answer and very easy because he, because on. he won, because he won, but Matsuyama, um, I mean, the guy tried to leave the post-round interview early and his translator, like, grabbed him, pulled him over and was like, hey, dude, you can't leave. Like, you got <laughs> to thank, you gotta thank the, the golf club and thank the members and, like, do all the things you're supposed to do if you win the Masters. And Matsuyama was just trying to, like, go get on his net jets and, and fly back home. Like, that's, uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, I'd agree with you because my favorite part was uh... – after he hit the winning shot he was like pissed that he missed the putt before like he still (laughs) won but he was like he like didn't really smile for a while and just kind of walked off because he was pissed he wanted to make that he wanted to sink it yeah uh, yeah i agree yeah and he kind of he kind of walked up there and like you know he just had to make i guess he had to make double bogey to make a playoff bogey to win um, yeah. and he kind of walked up, he missed that par putt and walked up to this like foot and a half, two foot bogey putt. And like almost anyone in that situation is going to like probably mark it and like line it up and hit their putt, do their routine. I mean, maybe not their full routine, but at least get behind the ball. And he just kind of walked up to it and tapped it in. It's almost like he didn't know it was the last hole. It's kind of weird um kind of swaggy of him but yeah it, ultimately it was it was pretty swaggy yeah and Bro, um it. oh wait you got you got one more Jacob? no no no. i was actually gonna say and i'm kind of getting the feeling paul's got something to say i so do i do have one question uh 
So, Rogie, you mentioned earlier that this tournament to you was like a six out of ten. Uh, I was just curious, what, like, growing up, what would you say, and it might be an obvious answer, but what was your, like, all-time favorite Masters? Like, that you were like, that was awesome, that was my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to go with with Tiger in 2019. Uh, <clears throat> that's the easy answer, but I still, uh, I know you guys like hot takes around here. Um, I, I would say Tiger's win in 19 was probably, you could argue that it's the greatest comeback in sports history. Um, you know, had spine surgery or whatever it was and went through a whole lot and then came back um, and won the Masters at 40 plus um, years old. So I'm a big fan of Tiger. I'm, I'm always on Tiger's side usually, uh, but I would say Tiger in 2019 was was pretty special. Bro, I love that hot take. That's going straight on social media too, by the way. <laughs> uh, also, so, I mean, I I only played basketball uh, growing up. And, like, usually when you, you're learning a sport growing up, you, like, kind of – you're watching and you're, like, emulating your game after somebody else's trying to, like, you know – I, that's just a way to get better. Was there anybody you grew up watching where you were like, man, I like how he does that. And I want to like learn, you know, I want to, I want to play like that. Was there anybody that you kind of modeled your golfing game after? Uh, I mean, I, I would say tiger just cause he, I mean, he was the guy still is by the way. <laughs> um, but I, I, Tiger swung the golf club in ways that I just – I can't. Um, but as far as, like, a, a golf swing, I loved, I loved Rory's swing. I still do. I think uh, watching Rory hit a golf ball is, is pretty sweet. Um, Putting-wise, kind of early, like, high school, into high school, um, I loved what Spieth was doing. Spieth made an unbelievable amount of putts in that kind of 2015, 2016 – season um but yeah i'd say as far as golf swing rory rory i think has has a fantastic golf swing adam scott has the greatest golf swing of all time that's a hot take but let's go go look up adam scott's golf swing it's pretty sweet uh but rory makes a good move at it i like watching him let's go all right fellas y'all got any more for him uh no that's all i got for him jacob any closing remarks for Mr. Rogues? Just some big, big hugs and some big kisses for uh, Mr. Put Rogues. your bicep down, please. You do this every <laughs> week. You do this you do every, every week. week. <laughs> no one can see it. Oh, Paul <laughs> loves it. Oh, hey, I, I want to give a, I got to give a quick shout out while I'm here. Uh, I'm obviously a, a loyal listener to to this podcast and. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was at the uh, I was at the ACU Texas game in Indy. Yes, sir. Pretty special. Uh, just want to give a shout out to them cats, especially Paul Heipler. Um, I'm with Yoki. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Reed's got his March Madness shirt on. Um, I'm with Yoki. I think uh, I think we got to figure out a way to hang out with Paul Heipler. Pretty dude. Sick. He is the man. Yeah. we love him on this podcast. We yeah. are. Huge Let me fans. ask you this: Did you like? Did you grow like a weird amount of affection for him? Like you were a little concerned after listening to that episode. Yeah, I had to pray about it after. I had to, <laughs> I had to think about it and pray about it. 
Um, no, but he, he's a stud. Uh, you know, just proud of the cats. Proud of the cats. They uh, horns down. Horns down forever, dude. I called Rogi after they won. And I'll say it this way. If you had a time machine and you basically asked Rogi, there's two doors. One of them is ACU beats Texas round one. The other one is you win a billion dollar lottery. He's kicking down that ACU door and saying, run it back. I want that one. Yeah. Because this man was on cloud nine golfing, <laughs> golfing, but was on cloud nine. Whole six. I, yeah. I was playing golf in Indianapolis the next day. You know, I had to stay for the UCLA game. So I did. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty special. I think it was the coolest sp- sports moment I've ever been a part of in person. Dude, that's so awesome. I'm so jealous you were there to see it live. It was pretty fun. Yeah, were you uh, – whenever um, Joe was shooting his free throws, didn't you scream something like, don't miss? There's a lot on the line. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like if I, uh, if I tried to get in our own players' heads, it would actually – they would Ow. step up to the plate. And so <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah, I was, I was yelling. Uh, I was actually doing horns up in the background for <laughs> – <laughs> for the free throws if you go back and watch um but no i was cheering for the cats lost my voice for like two days it was pretty cool to be there lots of acu people um shout out to the cats proud of y'all gosh man what i what i would have given to be there with you do you actually dude and if you actually re-watch the game you can actually hear rogie's voice just yelling at Shaka Smart, and Shaka Smart is just domed on the sideline and can't yeah. get his coaching together. So hey, this was Rogie's classic one. <laughs> Shaka Smart, more like Shaka Dumb, and that <laughs> really got him in his yeah, head. Yeah, that got him. That got him. That that image of him after the game like this, where he's like, "Oh no, we just lost." That was actually because I said that. I said Shaka Dumb. <laughs> And he had never he, heard that one before. Yeah, he actually uh, allegedly <laughs> cried in the locker room because of that, not because of the loss. And they quit fired his job. Because of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> fired, quit his job, whatever. Uh, Having a midlife he, crisis. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, that was all for wow, me. I kind of, Just I kind of feel dumb. bad at this, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. guilty. Shock is not doing well. No. I don't. Yeah, he's, he's I don't falling, either. Yeah, Shock is falling apart now. I mean, I that's cool. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Like, but like, he's also not doing well. So, no, he's doing fine. He's making plenty of money. Yeah, but shout out to, <laughs> hey, shout out to the loyal people like Joe Golding who stay around. Those straight guys up. Have, straight those, up. Those guys are uh, what make the world go around. People who are loyal. Not like, not like people like Chris Beard who jump from tech to Texas. Yeah. It's actually, eventually going to be my beta of the week, by the way. Teaser. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Ruggie, Ruggie, before we leave, uh, I was actually looking at the fan questions before the, we started the episode, and we actually had one fan question that looks like it could apply to you probably better than me. Okay. So I was wondering if we could go ahead and ask that. Yeah, come on. Um, am I reading the fan question or is someone else? You brought it up. You want to ask it or what? Okay, yeah, I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, usually it's Paul that reads them. And so I didn't want to throw off the vibe, but I love okay, being so, put in a box. Well, okay. No comment. No comment, but yes, here we go. Fan question. Hey boys, 
love the pod. Last week, went golfing with my boss, and he was traveling a little slow from hole to hole. He asked me to go with him again this week. What should I do? So uh, here's here's my advice on on this. Tiger's dad, when he was young, used to get behind him. <laughs> and oh, in his no. backswing, just like normal rounds of golf, he's just like practicing. And Tiger's just like a kid. He's like, he's just trying to get better. And his dad, Earl, RIP, would get behind him and hold his keys and like jingle his keys in his in the background to try to mess with Tiger, um, but ultimately Tiger becomes one of the you know I'll say it the greatest golfer to ever live, um, and and part of that a big part of that is he's just mental like he's a mental giant he's he's he, mental he can, yeah, <laughs> um, so my advice is to to use this tactic on your boss. Okay, because <laughs> because what's going to happen is your boss is going to get annoyed. You're going to have an out. You're going to be able to say, no, I'm actually just trying to make you mentally tough and make you make you a better golfer. And then your boss is just not going to be able to come to grips with it. And he's going to stop asking you to play. Oh, that's perfect. Wow. It, yeah, it's it, I went through a few problem. layers there, but I'm telling you. I know from experience. Oh, <laughs> I, was to say, from experience. I was about to say, I think you did that. And actually, don't you own the company now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I took over uh, because my boss wasn't mentally strong enough to do it. And let's just say I tried to help. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You definitely would have given a you just gave a lot better advice than I ever could have. Hey, should we throw his name out there? Should we put him on full blast? <laughs> My boss? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, let's let's leave that out. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll, I'll keep him out of this. We're, we're, hey, we're still cool. I want to keep him out of this. We're still cool. <laughs> oh, well, Rogie, hey, we appreciate you taking some time to hop on pod. Uh, great content. Honestly, the boys are blowing up the group chat saying, you're fired. We're adding Rogie. So it's a little awkward between us right now, but, hey, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, I appreciate the time, boys. Dude, <laughs> love we the love pod. having you, man. Yeah, love we love having you. Thanks again, hey. Rogues. All right. All right, we'll talk to you. See you, fellas. See ya. All see you, right, buddy. Uh, Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Trash Talk Podcast. This is post-interview with the one and only Reagan Brown earlier. Hopefully you listened to that. If you didn't, stop what you're doing, wreck your car into a pole, and rewind and go back and listen to that. Because If you didn't, you're not a tier one. It's basically you're what we're telling you. You're not, and that's just you how You have to is. wreck your car for you to technically be a tier one. Yeah, Jacob said he'll slash your tires if you don't listen to that interview. So go back and listen to that interview. Save yourself some tires. So getting into two things tonight, we've got a little NBA talk. We've got a little MLB talk. And we've got a little interesting soccer discussion after all of that. Uh, quick disclaimer, though. If you like controversy, you're going to love this that This is segment. the place. Uh, <laughs> Quick, quick disclaimer, we um, are not talking about the Last Chance You 
basketball edition due to the interview ran a little longer. We're not going to have time to do that justice. So we will be discussing episode one of that next week. Uh, So make sure you tune back in for that. Fellas, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, The big news from the NBA was the Lakers absolutely. Whoa, 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 whoa. Alpha beta, baby. Huh. Fine. Let's get right into it. Extremely awkward. Let's get right Um, into it. I'm just going to go ahead and hop on this horse and take us to Alpha Beta. Help me out here. I was excited to do Nets Lakers. Help me out here. Pick me up. Yeah, I'll go Alpha first. My Alpha is Chris Paul. Okay. Here's the reason why this man does not get as nearly as much respect as he should. The NBA, the players' organization, is awesome. NBA players get paid extremely well. Did y'all do y'all watch? Um, I think it's more than an athlete with uh, Brandon Marshall. Dude, yeah. that's actually a really cool podcast. I like them. I'm willing to give them a free shout out, honestly. Yeah, but they basically brought up um, Chad Ocho Cinco's must see TV. Let's just put the oh my gosh, yes. But they were basically arguing over. Uh, NBA contracts over uh, NFL contracts and just Chris Paul is a big part I mean he's he is in charge of the uh, players what do you call it the uh, associate you said what players union yeah yeah players union and he's just done a lot for the league but also or a lot for the league off the court but on the court there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter going around this week of like team's winning percentages before Chris Paul joined and whenever he did join. And the dude makes everyone around him better. Like, Chris Paul is just an all-around awesome player that I feel like just does not get any respect. Uh, Always trolling. The classic video of him and Steve Kerr always makes me (laughs) laugh. And I'm going to say it. He's after some deep thought this weekend alone in the bathroom. Um, I'm going to say he's my favorite player. Over James Harden. Because we know you love James Harden. You love James Harden. And Chris Paul, known for being a little bit of a pot stirrer on the court and off of it. Um, Yeah. And yeah. And here's why, like. But that's kind of Jacob's game, too. It is. Pot stirrer. But here's the thing. Yeah, and that's why I relate more to Chris because here's the thing with me. James Harden can knock down a shot. Me, I cannot knock down a shot. That's fair. Not, the, the only shot I'll make is a game winner out of, like, I don't know, one in every ten games. Also fair. And I'll miss the other nine and lose the game. But what makes and you great is that you'll shoot it regardless <laughs> of your percentage. Okay, so maybe I am like James Harden more because <laughs> I'll keep shooting. But Chris – Chris Paul is known to kind of get a little chippy on the court and feel like that's me. But anyways, yeah, Chris Paul just makes everyone better. And you love having that on your team. 100%. Um, who's your beta? Oh, oh, wait. Beta of the week is DK Metcalf because – Oh, uh, okay. Come on, hot. <laughs> Because, and this is also Jalen Ramsey is my other alpha, but DK Metcalf tweeted uh, this week, I've had a great career so far. I want to thank my dad for always believing in me. Let's keep working. Love you. Heart emoji. Jalen Ramsey responds, 
I got you, boy. Much love. (laughs) (laughs) So Jalen Ramsey's actually your alpha of the week. Oh, that's great. I thought about doing that, but I think DK Metcalf is more of my beta than you. De- yeah, he definitely, he definitely big bodied him. Easy. <laughs> I just feel like I don't give Chris Paul enough love, so I had to give him my alpha. And... I actually, I actually want to bounce off of that. I was listening to a podcast on Friday talking about Chris Paul, um, and talking about how he makes teams better. For example, Houston is the popular one. Is Houston was all right. They're getting in the, in the playoffs, kind of first-round exits. He gets to Houston. Um, they have the best regular season of their, of their franchise existence, won 65 games. Um, takes them all the way uh, to seven games with the Golden State Warriors, with a Golden State Warriors team that won 73 games. I think that's the year, right? The KD year? Um, or it might have been the year before. I can't remember. Either way, either way, he took the Golden State team to seven. Uh, of course, he pulls his hamstring in game six while hitting the, the winning shot to win game six or game five, excuse me, and then can't get it done. So I'm totally on the more love for Chris Paul. He went to Oklahoma City, who is like really a, t- a dumpster fire of a franchise. They have all these great players and they can't do anything with them. Uh, they have a great coach, can't do anything with him. Uh, and then uh, Chris Paul arrives and takes him to the playoffs. And now he's in um, Phoenix with the Suns. And uh, I think uh, at one point last week, I think they had the best record in the NBA. I could be wrong. Uh, But they were close to the top, and they're close to the top right now. So everywhere that guy goes, the teams get better. And I know a lot of people don't like him, and they give him crap for not being able to get to the finals. But – he is definitely not the reason he's never been in the finals because um, clearly he's an all-time great point guard. He's probably not – he's not the best point guard of all time, uh, but he's definitely up there. Let's start the hashtag this week, much love for Chris Paul. I love it. Let's do let's it. Go, yeah, let's, let's start it trend. Right now. Let's trend this week. Who's, yeah. your, uh, who's your beta, Reed? Yeah. I hope, yeah, I'm going to latch on and say Chris Paul's also my alpha because I was thinking about him just because he doesn't get enough love, and we're going to double up on the love on this podcast. Uh, Should we my, change your name from Trash Talk Podcast to Double Up on Love Podcast? Because I'm kind of du- liking that. Double Loving Podcast? <laughs> I'm liking Double Loving Big X's Big O's. Big X's Big O's. And we have some little X's Little O's, but we're opening up with Big X's and Big O's. Uh, and we we'll do you have a do you have a beta? Yeah, my beta is Rob Manfred, uh, and this is not he's <laughs> who not, he's the. I commit- never know your album. Dude, beta. that is a great beta. And he he's Jacob. The, it's because you don't watch baseball. He's the commissioner of okay. the MLB, <laughs> and so before anyone gets ahead, this is not in response to him pulling the All Star game from Georgia. Oh, it should have been. That's a different debate. Um, where you stand on that. Uh, if you want someone's opinion on that, you can go to the political section of CNN. We're probably not, we're, we're not going to touch on that at least right or now. Or you can just DM my personal account. Yeah, we might talk about <laughs> that at a later date, but we're not going to talk about it tonight. Uh, I think Rob Manfred is terrible because he hates baseball. Um, he <laughs> Last year with COVID, um, this year with extra innings, he wants to put a guy on second base to start Dude. extra innings. Uh, he ha- he hates what? baseball. He wants a universal DH. 
he wants um he he just he hates baseball and he's a terrible commissioner and a terrible I mean, la- person uh yeah last oh. year last year struggling to um to uh last year struggling to even get a season when everyone wanted one but he just is so focused on money he's the definition of the ceo that only cares about his shareholders and about no one else so he sucks he's the worst rob manford <laughs> You you probably don't listen to this, but that's because you're an old raggedy idiot that sucks at his job. Uh, uh, let's also, I honestly, hearing Beep talk about him, I would I would love to see a Rob Manfred boxing match with Beep. So if we can make that happen, people repost. We're gonna make this a clip. And we're gonna put it on social media. We need to repost it as much as we can to get Rob Manfred to see it and make this boxing match happen. Because I would love to see Beep take him down for the count. Beep will go through with this kind of stuff. One time me and Beep were young life leaders in college, and I told the kids if more than 50 kids showed up the next week, he would swallow a live fish whole. And about 15 kids showed up next week, Beep did it anyways. Yeah, we still ate the He swallows a a live fish. <laughs> That's how real beep is. The kids wanted it. Know. Yeah, I had to take tums that night. It was not great. Oh, it was a brutal <laughs> feeling. <laughs> yeah, kids, don't don't ever do that at home. Don't don't do half the thing. Re, half the things no. Reed does. Honestly, yeah. Any advice I've ever given on this, don't don't listen to it. Except for gambling advice. Yeah, except for gambling. That was exactly what I was about. I to also say. want to give a quick honorary shout out to myself. Um Mark <laughs> Mark Leishman. He's a golfer this week. Uh not a lot, he was not on a lot of people's radar. He was on some that love the game. I took Mark Leishman to get a top five at plus fourteen hundred, slammed that bet, won that bet. So big big ups to me, big ups to uh my friend Zach Rehassel, who helped me land that bet, and uh, we're moving forward. Okay, uh, we start with alphas, right? Because they're alphas. Uh, duh, duh. Uh, my alpha of the week. My alpha of the week is gonna have to be uh, Ben Askren. Now, oh yes, uh, yes it's, it's long overdue. Uh, for many of you who actually, I mean, you just have to be living in a box. If you don't know, Ben Askren is about to fight Jake Paul, the infamous YouTuber that everyone absolutely despises. And, uh, everyone also thinks he's fake news at boxing, except for him. He thinks he's OP at boxing. Uh, no, 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 no. Have you been listening to his interviews? Who? Jake Paul? Oh, oh, you said Jake Paul. Sorry, I yes. thought you were talking about Ben Askren. No. Okay, yes. sorry. Keep going. My I'll apologies. Um, but Mark me down as your beta of the week for not hearing you correctly. You're good, dog. Uh, Jake, uh, dude, so they had their, their press conference, and obviously they were, you know, Jake Paul's trying his hardest to sell the fight and just being a total jerk and just just being a jerk and getting really personal really fast to the point where it's almost cringe. And Ben, Askren, it was cringe. And Ben Askren is just taking it so well to the point where he's just unfazed, and it's so obvious he's unfazed. And then he took it to the level of just telling him, "Hey, you're Logan Paul's little brother. 
I'm, that's how I that's how I know you is you are Logan Paul's little brother, and he used to rub your face in the dirt when you guys were kids because he was the older brother. Uh, he totally alphaed him, and you could tell, dude, when you just looked at Jake Paul, his face went bright red. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, did you see the uh, video of a psychiatrist came out or psychiatrist maybe or psychology? I don't know, but basically, this doctor came out and like broke down all of jake paul's like um like body i don't know what it's called expert or something yeah yeah, yeah. we're basically jacob <laughs> well jacob's on mars yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> and i'll weird. finish this thought for him basically you could tell jake paul was domed and uh Ben Askren is successfully getting into Jake Paul's head, uh, which is alpha in and of itself. Um, I'm going to make Ben Askren my alpha of the week, and I'm going to say it right now. Ben Askren's going to outlast Jake Paul. He's going to win a decision because he's going to – his cardio's good. He's in there with the toughest of dudes in the UFC. He's going to outlast Jake Paul. Later rounds, he's going to start punching him a little bit, and Jake Paul's going to wither, and he's going to win in a decision. Uh, beta of the week. I'm going with Chris Beard, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know what? Chris Beard could be a great guy. Could be a great father, a great husband. Could be a great man. But at the end of the day, he sold out. He sold out. He was at Texas Tech. Okay, was reshaping that program. Did so much for that program, and was there for so long. And decides I'm gonna jump ship. When I've built this program up, and I'm not just going to jump ship, I'm going to jump ship to UT out of all the programs. He is a UT alum, though. Does that make then it what, a little better? Does I guess it makes oh, it makes it a little bit better. <laughs> but still, how do you how do you jump from those two programs? Even if you were a UT alum, why you go? I mean, I don't know. To me, to me, it's beta. No matter how you put it, I think it makes it sound a little bit better that he was a UT alum. Nonetheless, it's beta. Uh, and so that's why Chris Beard's my beta of the week. And it looks like Jacob is back from Mars. Jacob, uh, what's up, Jacob? Uh, I do want to ask you a question on the Ben Askren fight. And Paul, this question is probably better suited to you. As far as being a boxer, uh, what is, is Ben Askren? Is he known for his boxing ability in the UFC? Uh, what's his skill level like there? Let me just put it to you this way. Ben Askren is if if he was like a if they had okay don't they have a ufc video game uh they yes. do right yeah he would be 99 wrestling with a 95 submission game <laughs> with a two stand-up game okay absolutely <laughs> terrible stand-up game his boxing is pitiful and you can he's actually so pitiful at boxing he doesn't ever throw punches I don't know how – I don't really haven't seen him throw many punches. He usually just gets out there, and the first thing he tries to do to you is get in the clinch or just take you down. So, And this uh, is just a, a pure boxing match? This is a pure boxing match, so there will be none of that. But what, what, what I will say about Ben Askren is regardless of whether he can, he can box, and he obviously can't. He's not good at it. He stinks. He's a weathered fighter, which he's got that in him. Like – he he's beat so many great guys just because he can outlast them and his wrestling obviously definitely mattered, but he still has that fighter mentality and that fighter, like, I guess, strength 
uh, an endurance to where I don't think Jake Paul has that. Um, is he known for his stamina? Is he does he have a lot of matches that go long? Yeah. So the one that was probably most famous is Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler was like a champ uh, for numerous years in the I think it was middleweight. Uh, yeah, middleweight or light heavyweight. But he great champion, tra- champion for many years. Uh, and Ben Askren fought him when Robbie had just lost. So I guess maybe it loses a little bit credibility, but, uh, Robbie Lawler is still a great fighter, still a great fighter. And Ben Askren got knocked. I mean, Robbie Lawler clocked him and it, everyone thought it was done. It was like, uh Oh, it's over. All of a sudden Ben Askren is just like, he's just up on his feet again. And somehow he like turns the table so fast and is able to submit Robbie Lawler in a long, it was like, I think it was like a three round fight. Uh, even though it didn't go five rounds, it's still like, he's got endurance. He can take punches. He's known for being able to take punches really well. And he's got a chin besides the Masvidal knee, obviously that was like five seconds. That was brutal. Uh, but yeah, so. Wait, was we'll that Ben Askren that took the Masvidal knee? Yes, that was Ben Askren. Uh, he has never heard the end of it, too. Uh, I will say the one, the one thing Jake Paul, <laughs> Jake Paul has gotten alpha throughout this whole process. But the one thing he got Ben Askren with was during their press co- conference, he actually Facetime Jorge Masvidal and like put Jorge Masvidal up to the microphone and had him chirping to Ben Askren live on FaceTime, which I thought was kind of funny. Well, and yeah, Masvidal and him, they really hate each other where a lot of it's manufactured for fights. They do not like each other at all. Yeah. It's really strange too. Cause Ben Askren seems to get on a lot of people's nerves, but <clears throat> I'm not really sure why, like he's very blunt and he's kind of a quirky, weird guy. Uh, but I really don't know what he did specifically that made Masvidal so angry. Like, if you look back at the things he said, it was kind of, like, confusing. But, yeah, Masvidal yeah. hated him. Yeah, Mas. Hey, can you all hear me now? Am I back from Mars officially? Yeah, yeah you're back officially from back from Mars. Confirm that Mars is not livable. Elon Musk, do not try to go there. It is not livable. He's but, appreciative. Um, yeah, so basically uh, – the reason why Masvidal doesn't like him that much is because um, to sell the fight, Ben was like talking a lot of trash, like, you know, calling him out. But then whenever they saw each other for the first time, Ben was like his normal, like quirky, fun guy and was like trying to be nice with them. And Masvidal was basically upset that like he was kind of being fake. And that's why he doesn't like him so much. But yeah, the only thing I have to say about that is that's so many people. I, I, I'm so confused why Masvidal hated him so much for that when so many people are like that with Masvidal. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like this weird animosity, like actual hatred for Ben Askren that I was like, what the heck? That's so weird. Yeah, but dude, but it's been pretty funny. I've, I've actually been I'm glad you brought this up because I've actually been listening to a lot of interviews of, uh, with Ben Askren. And he's basically like, yeah, if Jake Paul's like a good boxer, he should beat me. Like I'm, I'll, like I'm pretty bad. But like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he'll beat me if I'm if he's actually as good as people say. But <laughs> yeah, because his which he he did bring up a good point of like you can train as much cardio as you want, 
but like until you get in front of a huge stage where like you're boxing someone real and your adrenaline is pumping your heart so fast that like your cardio can't keep up in those in those big moments like being in big athletic moments you know where your heart's thumping it's like your body's having to work a lot harder and so your cardio like you can't really train well for it and ben was basically just like hey i've been in those huge moments my whole life like ever since i've 17 like i've been you know competing in the olympics like ufc bellator whereas jake paul's been making youtube videos like if you just take the resume of the two i think i would still choose ben over jake paul because jake paul does i mean it looks from his videos it looks like he can like he's got nice hands like he can box pretty well but i think on a big stage like I think he's just going to get gassed after this, the second or third round. And I think he's not, he's not going to be able to find a way to win. And then I think Ben's going to be able to, to eventually beat him. But I know I'm going to watch the fight. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty too. entertaining. Yeah. I feel like I was pretty hesitant uh, in most cases for like celeb fights like this, but this one interests me enough to where I actually think I'll, I'll watch it. I, I, I just, dude, I, I just really want to see the reaction of not only the world, but of Jake Paul if Ben Askren beats him. I just would love, absolutely love. And honestly, in both situations, if Askren loses, I want to see, like, the repercussions of it. I just want to see what unfolds after whatever happens more than anything. Who's, uh, the, yeah. fa- who's the favorite? I think Jake Paul's the favorite. Yeah. Dude, but you know how Jake Paul called out um, Conor McGregor? Yes. A while back ago, he called him out and then called out – oh, then sent a highlight tape of Conor McGregor's boxing partner getting knocked out or whatever, which was this, like, Ireland, like, pro boxer or whatever. And the Ireland pro boxer, like, called out jake paul and was like dude i will mess you up like i'm a trained killer jake paul did not respond oh that jake like- paul doesn't want the smoke dude like i think his first choice was not even ben Askren. it was someone worse it was this guy named dylan danis who trains with connor but he's the same thing as ben Askren, where he's a total wrestler no stand-up but he's even <laughs> no but he's even worse than ben Askren. he's 10 times worse at wrestling than ben Askren. he's just not been asking yeah. and wrestling even and that's what i'm like yeah that's what i'm like dude like if you want to be if you want to be i mean he would he seems like he's been training hard but if you're going to call yourself a pro boxer like go have an actual pro match you know dude actually respect for his older brother high key dude his older brother is like i take this seriously too and he's like let's fight floyd you know, like, he's just like, I want to fight the GOAT. And, uh, dude, that's another fight I probably will not buy because it probably will be a terrible fight. Uh, but, if, bro, just imagine, imagine if Floyd Mayweather goes 50-1 and one with one loss to <laughs> Logan Paul, a YouTuber. I think there, that would be so funny. There's no way. Because there's I mean, absolutely they, zero way. Yeah, they've met, they've boxed. Oh, there's guys. a way, boys. They've they've boxed guys that are either not boxers at all or are known for their wrestling. I mean, they've always made someone come into their element. Whereas in this case, 
you're fighting Floyd Mayweather in his element. Yeah, he's a little older, but he's never lost. And about like a foot shorter than Logan yeah, Paul he, too. And, and so like maybe Logan Paul can play for the knockout game, but that's what Conor McGregor tried to do. And Floyd Mayweather knocked him out after 10 rounds. I mean, so that dude, Logan Paul, if you, if you're listening, dude, just swing for the fences. You're not going to win. You just got to swing. You got to find a knockout. You got to go hard. You can't try and win this round by round match where you're like, I round one round one and two, you know, like well, he's I'm not, ahead on the scorecard. You got to just swing. Yeah, He's not technical enough. If you, if it comes to a decision, Floyd Mayweather is going to win. Cause he's so technical. He's so technically sound. He beats everybody at, like ever in a scorecard. He's the most just pure boxer we've yeah, ever he, seen. He doesn't get hit and he just, he hits when he needs to, but his yes. biggest thing is he doesn't get hit. It's just, he's so hard to hit. So yeah, I would love to see. I I do think it's interesting. I don't really know how you give respect to. I mean, it's like, I mean, the way I look at it when they do this, it's like Tiger Woods. So let's say Tiger Woods had this Jake Paul type scenario, and he was, you know, really really cocky and just kind of a, a overbearing, and like you felt stupider every time you heard him talk. And then uh, it's like Tiger Woods challenging Tom Brady to a round of golf. And then beating him, and then being like, "You're terrible at golf." It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're Tiger Woods. You played golf your whole life. You've been training to play golf. And I'm not trying to say that Jake Paul is in any way the equivalent to Tiger Woods on YouTube. I'm just saying, if you're really good at something and you're in your element and you're trying to bring people into it, and then you dog them for being bad at what you've been training to do, it's just it's ridiculous. Who cares? I don't know why so many people give so much credence to the Paul brothers. Uh, like, are they the best marketers of all time? Yes. Uh, but as far as their fighting ability goes, uh, I don't give those guys any respect whatsoever. hundred percent. Uh, so what do you guys, do you guys want, want to get into our, uh, our debate or do y'all want to get into some NBA? What are, what are y'all trying to I, do? I think we got to – and we can just move it quickly. We're kind of running low on time here. Uh, Nets, Lakers. Lakers blew them out. It's the regular season. Who cares? Um, but I do I do think it's interesting. Uh, Kyrie got ejected in this game. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Steve, Steve, Steve Nash, it seems like when he doesn't have all of his set pieces – seems like he can't really coach his way out of a wet paper sack. So um, <laughs> if, if there's injuries to that Brooklyn Nets starting five, they don't look very deep to me um, because I mean, I mean the Lakers bench outscored them 49 to 14 post ejection. Yeah. So Caldwell Lakers, oh, Lakers are deep, man. They got a lot of players that are very capable, like everywhere, like Caldwell Pope, uh, Caruso, Dude, even Taylor Horton Tucker, like I'm sure he would play, get really good time on any other team. Like even more time he's getting on the Lakers. Like he's a good player. Yeah. Uh, and then they just picked up Drummond, right? Yeah. And uh, Montrez Harrell, uh, Dennis Schroeder, who's a, a nice serviceable point. Yeah. Player. Of course lot, him. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of veterans on that team. It's not a young team. It's not an old team, but they've they've got guys that have been there before and they're meshing. They've got a team that's meshed. Um, so I do, th- and we're talking Nets Lakers cause I think we all know that's going to be the finals more than likely. 
Um, and so it's just like a and Nets matchup. will win. Here's uh, the thing with the Nets. I love, I love. Obviously, their big three is awesome. It's like when they are five. playing when they're playing at their best. I mean, it's beautiful basketball. It's like this is this is peak form of basketball. But it the team seems to be very hodgepodgey to me. You know what I'm saying? Like you've got this whole big three thing going, but then like Joe Harris and like. And then also like all well, of a Marcus sudden, Aldridge. Aldridge and Blake Griffin are there. And it's like, what is their role really? Like we're still a little confused on what that is. Like, especially Blake Griffin more than anyone. It's like what what's really his role here? Uh they still have DeAndre Jordan too, right? Or no? Yes. I think you I think they do. Uh yes. he didn't play much last night if they do. Yeah. So I don't know. It's the team seems to be a little hodgepodgey, and they might need. I mean, they're playing really good basketball still. So yeah, I'm, they're they're gonna figure it. And the, I mean, they're already figuring it out, and they will figure it out. But I, right now, it seems a little weird, and a lot of people are sitting out, like Durant and Harden. This whole NBA sitting out thing has got to stop too. The NBA has got to put a stop to it. It's so annoying. Like, yeah, it's a it's gross. Uh, yeah, I do think the issue the Nets could run into if you're just saying we're going to score 140 points and beat you every time that works great unless the team you're playing can score 145 because you don't play defense um, yeah uh, and, um, an interesting point uh, Amin Al Hassan made I don't know if y'all know who that is he's an NBA yeah. insider uh, great listen awesome podcast not Let's as good as our out. NBA insider of, of course not. Stevens but but um, uh, he made an interesting point um, that from 2000 to 2020 only two teams have won when they didn't have a top 10 defense and that was the 2001 lakers who uh just turned it on when they decided to turn it on and it was the uh 2018 warriors who were the 11th ranked defense so Hmm. uh defense definitely helps in the postseason when the adrenaline gets going and the stakes get high and things get physical and uh, you're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time, defense helps. So it's going to be interesting to see how that affects them. But yeah, that's really all I had on the NBA, if you all want to keep it moving. Yeah. So do we want to get into our, uh, our debate or we want to get some MLB? Uh, let's get some MLB. We can go MLB quick and then we can wrap it up with our little – discussion uh mlb talk um i don't have a ton here it's so early in the year uh i saw the astros are atop the al i hate that uh, my, my padres are seven and three one game behind the dodgers wait when did they become your padres babe? dude yeah this, they were never your Padres. for for this year they're my padres i picked, oh. I, I picked them to win the world series i'm saying okay. it early you have to okay. respect it uh, yeah. Where are the White Sox? The White Sox are currently second to last in our division. Oh, oh four and five. Hey, long, long season. Long season. Yeah, very long season. Uh, I will say I like what I see so far, though. Uh, Tim Anderson, uh, our best player, arguably second best player. Uh, one of the best uh, contact hitter in, uh, in the league. He uh, hurt his hamstring second game, so we've been without him for most of the season. And a lot of guys are stepping up, like the guy I mentioned last week, your mean Mercedes. And guess what? He hit a 485-foot home run the other day. 
Okay, second longest in White Sox history. Uh, so I like what I'm seeing from him, and pitching pitching's looked good. So I think while our record might not reflect it, I think I like what I'm seeing. Uh, and once we're fully healthy, I think I think we'll be in the playoffs, whether it's wild card or winning the division. I think we'll be in. Yeah, fun to see the Red Sox up at the top too. Uh, that's just, yeah. It's great for baseball when the Red Sox are up there. They won six in a row. And great uh, when the Yankees are second to last. Yeah, you love, to see, you love to see the Yankees at four and five, although you can't deny it's great for baseball when the Yankees are good also. But yeah, can't it's deny just, it, but you can hate them. You can, and they're easy to hate. Uh, it's just, yeah, for all our fans wanting more baseball talk, as the season moves forward, you'll get more of it. Uh, it's just, it's so early. We're, we're just now 10 games in. Uh, so as the season goes forward, look for some more baseball. We'll definitely talk it, especially – um, we'll talk um, some interesting things about the all-star game and it getting moved. We can touch on that at a later date. Yeah. Um, and also uh, for those of you guys who watch or listen to this podcast that are really big into baseball, I know it's uh, quite a, quite a bit of y'all. Uh, if you're not, you're not hearing what you want to hear, just send us a question, DM us on our Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, and we'll answer the question. It's just a, uh, Sometimes it's hard to cover all the teams when they've only played 10 games. You know what I'm saying? Baseball, baseball's a broad topic. So let us know what you want us to talk about. All right. To wrap up, uh, Paul, uh, I'll kind of let you kick this off. You made uh, a comment about Megan Rapino last week that I thought, and for any listener that gets mad about this discussion, you can get mad at me. I thought it would be a really interesting discussion to have. Uh, Paul said it and kind of sparked my creative juices a little bit. Uh, but I'll keep. I'll keep <laughs> what are your creative juices? Hey, you don't need to know. There's a secret formula for that. Mm. Uh, uh, I'll kick it to Paul though. Uh, Paul, your comments on Megan Rapino last week. I guess kind of repeat them, and then just kind of go at what you meant, and uh, we'll just kind of take it from there. Yeah, you know what? It's a very sensitive subject, uh, especially in our uh, in our culture today of sensitivity, but. Uh, you know what? I've got to tone down my my tone. You know, I came at her hard last week, and you know what? We're gonna have a more open and uh, more sensitive uh, discussion about this topic. But we're gonna talk, you know, the whole equal pay thing. You know, I'm we're, we're hearing all the time about women in sports, especially I think soccer. That's the one you hear it mostly in is is soccer with Megan Rapino and you know. At, Abby Wambach when she was playing and all these female soccer stars that are complaining about the fact that men make more than them, but the women win way more uh, than them, which is true. They do. The men's soccer program is not nearly uh, has not been nearly as good and successful as the women's, but uh, yeah, guys, what do we, what, what do we think of that? I want to open it up to you guys and, and hear y'all's thoughts on that because I know there could be some differing opinions on it. Um, yeah, I I think it's an interesting debate, kind of as you said. Uh, and there's a really interesting uh, article on NPR that came out December of last year. Uh, U.S. women's soccer team settles part of gender discrimination suit. Uh, if you would like to do a little bit more research on your own, for those of you listening. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting debate when you talk about equal pay, because uh, obviously there is equal pay in the workforce. Uh, 
which I'm sure exists. I'm not really sure to the to the extent. I'm a little ignorant in that. Um, I hope y'all can forgive me for that. But as far as soccer goes, and the women's the women's national team kind of complaining about equal pay is, I it comes back to for me is what how much money you bring in is how much money you make for uh, America. It's just it uh, America for the for the soccer team is how much revenue, how much, how much uh, are you driving ratings up? And uh, if they are driving ratings at equal to what the men are and they're receiving less money, if they're making as much money and receiving less than that is absolutely wrong. I think all of us on this podcast would agree with that, that if they're not, if they are not being paid fairly for it, meaning if they are not making the amount of money they should be based on what they are generating, then that's wrong. Um, However, I don't know if that's true. I don't believe I could be wrong here. I don't believe that the women's soccer team makes as much money as far as ratings go as the men's soccer team. And so if that's the case, then it makes sense to me why they would be paid less. Uh, Unless there's a different type of agreement, I might just not be aware. But also to her point, to Megan Rapinoe's point, I do kind of get what she's going for. Uh, And it might not be so much like pay us equal pay. It could just be that she's raising awareness for it uh, for just women in general, in which case that's awesome. Like keep doing what you're doing. Uh, It definitely comes across as a different, as kind of kind of like that you feel like you are being wrong personally. So I don't know, like you said, Paul, it's testy. Um, It's kind of, it's a hard thing to navigate, especially, when you don't know all the facts, you don't really want to walk yourself into a hole that you can't get out of. But that's just kind of what my thoughts are initially. Yeah. Um, Jacob, do you have any thoughts personally on this? Yeah, I think I actually don't know her statement completely, but I, I actually am a big, big advocate for players getting paid, uh, players getting more involved about the payment of how much revenue they're bringing in. So specifically like, um if the nba is bringing in more money like nba players should be being paid more same with nfl and uh i i don't know her exact uh wording but i'm guessing she's maybe saying something along the lines of like hey it's difficult i mean i i have no idea of what soccer contracts are but um i'm assuming the guys contracts are a lot more than their contracts so maybe she is just saying like hey you know we we deserve more money which i i agree with beep like if if girls soccer like is bringing in more money then yeah they should be paid more and if not like i think the i think the nba does this where the nba right now is actually helping out the WNBA since it's so new like the nba is actually you know helping you know, share profits, share money and share promotions, which is kind of within the NBA culture, which is honestly pretty cool to see. And again, I, I really don't know too much about the soccer community or culture or how contracts are done, but it is cool to see a sport come together and uh, be like, hey, you know, let's maybe, maybe just given women a bigger contract isn't the solution maybe it's like coming together and being like okay well how can we promote women's soccer more or how can we make it uh 
you know, views more. Maybe it's like inner inner joining. I know they do club teams, like making a women's club team along with a guys club team. I think that would be pretty cool to see. But uh, yeah, I honestly don't have enough information about, I guess, where like this is coming from of like what she's saying it, but uh, she seems like a pretty intelligent individual and someone that's been in the soccer game for a while so I'm assuming if she's upset maybe maybe it's for a good reason but um yeah I'm interested to see what happens after that statement yeah I I like what you said also is if they aren't if they aren't making as much money as the men's soccer team um or yeah if and if that is the reason they're getting paid less well let's find ways to promote women's soccer there's a lot of women in America and a lot of these young girls are athletic and that's a great outlet for them. And it, I mean, it's great for just health. You're not necessarily going to make the women's soccer team, but if you're out being active, then this is an awesome way to do it. So I do also think that's a great approach is just because they may not be making as much money as the men's soccer team. Doesn't mean that we need to shun them, that we need to shut them off. Well, let's, let's spread that game more. Let's find ways to spread that, and grow it in America. Kind of our discussion with Reagan Brown earlier talking about growing golf. It's a great game. It's a beautiful game and everyone and anyone can play it. And uh, I think that's a great point that you made there, Jacob. Appreciate it. Preach. Um, here's my thoughts. Uh, I, uh, I think I, I agree with uh, partly with both of y'all are saying, uh, I think it really just comes down to getting to the core of, of why they might not be. And at the end of the day, if you look at the facts, they outside of, I think, I think it's two or three years within the past century. Uh, I think it's, I think it's like 2015 and maybe 2020 uh, the men were making, bringing in more revenue uh, consistently throughout the century uh, specifically with, with adver- advertisements and sponsorships and things like that too. Um, but they were definitely bringing in more, which that's kind of how capitalism works. Uh, yeah. you know, you, if you, if you bring in more, you're going to earn more. It's like, for example, you know, if, if two, two companies were, are selling orange juice, okay. They've got their own brand of orange juice and one company is run by a man and one's run by a woman. And the one run by the man is earning more revenue. Are we going to force target to just be like, okay, you can only buy from the company that is owned by a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm trying to put it in like tangible, like a tangible situational, but it's very much identity. Like a, a lot of people say, and it's, it's a topic now. It's a very much identity based society. We live in now as we we're always looking at skin color and gender. Um, And I think what's cool about, I mean, there's pitfalls to capitalism, obviously, like you can take it too far. But I think the cool thing about capitalism, it doesn't matter what race or gender, or who you are, or where you grew up, like you can succeed. And I think that's what's really cool about it. And I think the moment we start focusing on gender as like, and diversity, is just like qualifications. It's like, this is what you need to be in order to get this that's when you're playing with the dangerous, that's very dangerous. Um, and so 
yeah and I, I and I also want to talk about one thing too is the, uh I think Rapino's talked a lot about you know the pay difference in terms of contracts and like bargaining agreements uh and how they're different for men and women uh but I think based on what I've read she's often referring to the old bargaining agreement the new one uh that was made in 2017 actually raises the base pay and bonuses and adds better provisions for travel and accommodations for women. And it actually has increased the bonuses of the bonuses aspect of men. So men don't have the base that women have like women right in this new agreement have more guaranteed base than men and men have more opportunity for the bonus, I guess is what, what I'm trying to say. So there's a give and take with both, but it's not complete. It's not unequal, especially when you consider what they're bringing in. So that's just my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I do think we need to, uh, it's important to, to hear both sides of it, you know, like we're yeah. doing right now, hear each yeah. other out. Uh, because a lot of times people don't want to hear each other out. They're very stuck in the way they think. So, well, and I, I really liked what you said, uh, when you start differentiating as like, no, you know, when you start saying, no, you can do this, but because you're this race or this gender, you can't. Uh, I, I think that's a slippery slope. And there's really, I mean, that's been a problem in this country a long time ago and it still is. And where does it end when you start saying, oh no, like only this race can come in, only that race can come in. And if you're not that, then you've got to go outside or you got to leave or you can't be a part of this. I think that's a slippery slope and I don't trust I don't trust people to make that decision based on the past. I don't trust people to be able to do the separate but equal thing based on what happened in the 1950s and 60s and 70s. And up until a really long time, um, I, I just, I don't trust mankind. I think, you know, regardless of what you look like and what your gender is, I think if you're a well-qualified candidate for something, whether it be a job or whether it be a soccer player or whatever it may be, if you're if you're great at that thing, then you deserve a shot at it. Uh, yeah. If and- you bring eyes, if you bring eyes, you will get what you you know what I'm saying? That's like any sport, any all the stars that bring eyes, they get paid the best. Absolutely. And so that it applies to every sport. Yeah, yeah. And like my stance would be if more people watched women's soccer than men's, I would be saying women absolutely should be paid more than men, and vice versa. If more people watch men's soccer than women's soccer, then I would say, yeah, the men should be paid more. So uh, really interesting discussion. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of layers, but. One thing I'll add to that too uh, is the logic behind it is really faulty too. When you actually think about it, if you're running the, I, I don't know what the actual term is, I guess like the nationals, you know, the soccer organization within America, you know, I don't know what it's exactly called, but if you're, if you're running that, uh, why would you pay one team more that is bringing you less money? You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make, it wouldn't make any sense. It would actually be economically not feasible to do that. You would actually be shooting yourself in the leg if you're deciding to pay this team over here more money and they're bringing you in way less money than this other team. 
So it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I just don't think it adds up. Like, obviously, I think one team's getting paid more because I think they're bringing in more. It, that's just how it works. Um, if women are bringing in more, they would be being paid more because it's economically feasible to do so for, yeah. the, com- for the company, the organization. So Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, uh, great discussion. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that is – wrapping up, that is all the time we have for tonight. <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, I uh, hope y'all enjoyed that discussion. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Reagan Brown. Uh, fellas, any closing thoughts for our faithful listeners? Um, you know what? I just want to shout out the fans. We've been going at this for, what, 12 weeks now? This will be our 12th, 13th episode. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the fans that are still with us. You know, we've been going at this for a minute now. Uh, if you're still riding with us, we trust you with our lives because <laughs> you're, you're really sticking with us if you're still here. So we appreciate you, uh, and we ask you continue to listen. And you know what? Why don't you slide into those DMs and let us know what we can get better at, what we can improve, how we can improve our base. Uh, but, yeah, we love you all. Uh, closing remarks, banger of the week. She's out of my mind by Blink 182. Um, <laughs> that's a classic. And complimentary podcast of the week. I'm gonna say below the belt, Brendan Schaub for all you oh, UFC great fans. podcast. Great yeah. podcast. Uh, and um, I'll close out banger movie of the week is Anaconda in the early 2000s with Ice Cube, Owen Wilson. Uh, J-Lo and uh, the dad from National Treasure whose name escapes me. Uh, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, and it's <laughs> so, so not a banger. It's so bad it's a banger. It's so bad it's a There's banger. such thing. There is such yeah, thing. John Voigt, that's his name. Uh, it's some of the worst acting I've ever seen uh, and it's some of the worst attempted accents I've ever seen. So if you want to be a blown away at how awful a movie can be, Go watch Anaconda. I think it's on Netflix. That's where I saw it. Um, yeah, closing out, just what Paul said. If you've been with us from episode one to now, uh, we appreciate you. And if you're new, we appreciate you. Please uh, make sure you like, share this, tell all your friends about it. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, Joey, you suck. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Send in your questions rate, review, and subscribe. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next week. about these trivial things know what i mean like all i hear is either super soft or super mean but i prefer the super soap around that's in between like not the winner of more the summer kick back and enjoy the spring because i'm a simple guy who takes it on himself to leave a simple life i love my wife i love my friends and love the time we get to spend enjoying all the things that can't get overlooked if life's a sprint so take a second sit Listen to the sounds of preggy voice So filled with joy They might annoy the people that don't LOL or know what for It's serious business to keep a smile on So keep a smile on And come and dance And I'm like, oh my woe You know I'm happy, clap along If you feel like, ooh, ooh, ooh And I'm like, oh 
Now what you know about that? They say I hustle, don't even be alone. Who even said I hustle? I drive my mom's car. It's serious business to keep a smile on. So keep a smile on and come and dance and along. Like, oh my woe, you know I'm happy, clap along if you feel like ooh, ooh, ooh. And I'm like, oh my woe, if you're not happy, Craigie boy, make you feel like ooh, ooh, ooh. When the dog bites, when the dog bites, the bee sting, the bee sting. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling sad, sad. I simply go I on this so Craigie boy record and then I don't feel so bad. So bad. And I'm like, oh. Oh, you know I'm happy, clap along if you feel like ooh, ooh, ooh. And I'm like, oh, my woe, if you're not happy, Craigie boy, make you feel like ooh, ooh, ooh. 